Welcome to Conversations with Toy, a blogcast tackling life one episode at a time. This is the time to air out life's craziest moments. This space is all about speaking about life's hang-ups and ways in which we can leave better than when we started. Topics are all about ways we can find space to be better in life, love, mental space and health. Since 1998, Stamps.com has been one indispensable tool for nearly one million businesses. Stamps.com brings the services of the U.S. Postal Service and UPS shipping right to your computer. Whether you're an office sending invoices, a side hustle Etsy shop, or a full-blown warehouse shipping out orders, Stamps.com will make your life easier. All you need is a computer and a standard printer. No special supplies or equipment. Within minutes, you're up and running, printing office postage for any letter, any package, anywhere you want to send it. And you'll get exclusive discounts on postage and shipping from USPS and UPS. Once your mail is ready, just schedule a pickup or drop it off. No traffic, no lines. Cut the confusion out of shipping with Stamps.com's new Rate Advisor tool. You can compare shipping rates and times to easily find the best option. Save time and money with Stamps.com. There's no risk. And with my promo code POD, which is P-O-D, you get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in POD, which is P-O-D. That's Stamps.com, promo code P-O-D. Stamps.com, never go to the post office again. Happy Friday. What an amazing day to be back with you. Amazing, amazing people for this Friday's episode of Conversation with Toy. If this is your first time, please don't make yourself a stranger. Make sure that you subscribe so that you can make sure you get all of the newest episodes when they hit. Review. The best way, free 99 way to support a podcaster is to review. Tell about the things that you loved about the show. Even the things that are improvement, we want to hear those as well. But make sure that you share the podcast. There may be a friend, a family member, even an enemy that you want to have them listen because you want them to catch something that they need to hear. We accept all of that. So share, review, and subscribe. Those are the best ways to always support your best podcasters because you know podcasting isn't always easy as it sounds. But we are here for another Friday. I am super excited. We are one one week away, less than a week away to the holidays. And when we say holidays, we mean Thanksgiving, the time when we all come together to either break, you know, have a dinner with one another. We catch up on those old stories that we've heard 20 million times. We want to try to keep the family drama down. Uh, Let's give you some key things for you for next week for Thanksgiving. Things that you don't want to ask people at the Thanksgiving table. One, stop asking people when they're going to have children. Whether they are single, whether they are married and they already have children, when their next child is coming, if they're going to have children, let's mind our uteruses. 
Yes, let people do what people need to do for themselves. It is one of the most irritating things to go somewhere and you're trying to cut the turkey and you're trying to eat your meal, catch up on that good macaroni and cheese. And then you have somebody asking you 2011 times about when you're going to do something. Let me tell you something. In this day and age, people are trying to do without telling. So let people move in silence. Um, so let's not ask that. Let's stop asking people when they're going to get a husband or when are they going to get married, when they're going to get a wife. Let's stop doing that relationships and the relationship status that somebody is in or chooses not to be in is none of our businesses. We can actually catch up with somebody and just say, how's life treating you? Allow that person to then give you all the information that they choose to give without pushing and prodding. It's just very, what's the word? Violating. You just want to eat your chicken, right? You just want to eat your piece of ham. You literally just want to eat that fork full of macaroni and cheese or just chill and eat your piece of pie and, and, and quiet. And, and nobody wants to have the, the holidays. It's already a triggering moment. Holidays is one of the most triggering time for people because there's some people who have been newly divorced. There are people who are single and they're, you know, they're, they're okay with being single, but they, they still want someone. Or you might have lost a loved one, somebody that is dear to your heart. And it may be a struggle to even want to get up and do holidays. You know, people change when the holidays come around. So Let's try to make holidays a little bit more lighter. So yes, we have less than one week to the holidays. It's, you know, it's going to be whatever you choose to make it. I am a firm believer that you need to do what is best for you. So if you're not strong enough, you don't have the patience for it. You don't feel like dealing with your family. You need a little bit of a break. I'm going to go ahead and high five you on that because you should have that. So yeah, let's just go ahead and keep the holidays as light as we possibly can. Also, this is not your time. If you're not a like a master cooker, you've had all these months. You've had almost a year from the last Thanksgiving to this Thanksgiving. If you're not qualified and by qualified, meaning there is somebody here on this good earth that says, yes, go ahead and make that mac and cheese. Sis. I, I love your mac and cheese. If you're not hearing that, this ain't the time. Um, for the people that are trying to gentrify mac and cheese, let me just help you out really quick. Uh, I know that we are trying to eat better and healthier, and I believe in that. And there are a million ways to still keep mac and cheese tasting like mac and cheese. Like I'm all for if you want to use almond milk in there, I'm all for that. Like I'm personally vegan, so I'm going to make my own vegan mac and cheese. And my vegan mac and cheese tastes pretty good. So, you know, and so does my regular mac and cheese. However, if you are not a cook, this is the time for you. You had all year. You had from last year to this year. Stop waiting until the holiday uh, comes around in the week of you want to start trying your hand at new dishes. You should have been practicing all of this time. I needed you to get together and have already practiced and put that into motion. So I need you to go ahead and not do that this year. Stick to like bringing some champagne or some type of, if, if you're you're going to a dry party or dry dinner, go ahead and bring some good, you know, juice, some utensils, something other than you cooking. This is just not your ministry. So let's be aware of that as we go into Thanksgiving holiday. But as I was saying before, you got to decide what it is that you want. If you or have decided the family is just, I'm going to take a break. Go ahead, do that. If you choose to go around your family and decide, listen, I'm going to stay an hour and see how it goes. But the second something cuts up, I got to go. I high five that. And why do I high five that? I high five that because we have got to get to the place. We allow grown people to be grown. I could not wait, you know, to be grown. You know, like my mother said, you can be grown when you pay these bills. I couldn't wait for that moment. Now, again, adulting is ghetto. 
And now that I am an adult, I see what my parents were trying to say. But that doesn't take away from the fact that because I am grown, because I'm grown, grown, like my parents don't pay none of these bills over here. I have yet to come home borrowing money from them. They don't, I haven't had to thankfully, prayerfully jump, you know, knock on wood. I haven't needed emergencies by needing them or anything like that. So I'm, I'm good and grown. 40 years old, husband, children, good and grown. So I will say I can stand on that. However, if I go to somebody's house and I'm done, I'm tired, I tapped out, or they're doing the most, you know, saying things, not taking accountability, um, I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave politely. I'm going to attempt to leave politely, but I'm going to leave. There is nothing wrong with that. We have got to stop having this whole situation where we tell people they need to stay a certain amount of time. I'm going to stay to the spirit tells me to go. And when the spirit says, get up and go, I'm getting my children, we packing up and going. One other last thing as a five second conversation with, you know, this whole Thanksgiving situation before we get into our guests. Listen, I am teaching my children that their body belongs to them. So if you go to hug my children and they pull back and they're not interested or something about your spirit that makes them uncomfortable, please understand you will get your face. I won't say hurt like physically, but your feelings will be on a platter before I allow you to make my child hug, kiss, or engage. I believe that children should be respectful. They need to say hello. They, everybody is do a hello. But if my children does not want to hug you, I'm not one of those parents that are pushing this whole hug thing. Now, I know this, some, this is some newfangled information. This is newfangled. Like my mother would say, y'all got these newfangled ways of raising your children. That's okay with me. I'm all right with that. I just don't have the energy of telling a child that they need to you know, continue to be engaging and engaging to me means hugging, physical touch, any of those things with people, whether they're an elder or not. I believe that my children can respectfully decline. They can be respectful, but their body belongs to them. And you know why? Because I'm not allowing them to grow up in a situation where other people are pushing their ways on them physically when it comes to their body. So if you go to hug my children at any given time on this planet and they say no or they pull back, the answer is no. Um, please do not try to embarrass yourself um, because I will respectfully in my first, my, I'll give you that first respectful tone of telling you like basically no, they're not. They don't owe you no hug because they don't. Like my kids don't owe nobody a hug. I don't owe you a hug. They don't owe you a hug and a kiss and all that. We can love you from afar. It's a hello respectfully and walk away. Now, if you gravitate towards from that first, Hey, God bless. Or that first, you know, we're not interested. And then you escalate it after me politely telling you to back it up a little bit. So then I'm going to start making an exit plan. But in the midst of the exit plan, it just depends on where your energy goes is where my energy will go as well. So I just need people to understand that because children should not be forced to hug adults do you not know how many children are taken advantage of and it be the adults that the child knows? It'd be the family members. It'd be the friends of the family. You know, y'all be trying to listen. Y'all will sit up there and out somebody from the LGBTQI plus uh, community, but you'll sit up there and condone your cousin and uncle that you know is a, a, a full blown child molester right so i don't i don't do that so i just want you to know that people have this this thought process so when you go to hug somebody's child and they tell you now now no thank you and then you want to escalate i just want to say thanksgiving is how is coming christmas is coming uh let's not let's not do that to people respect people's space like that's really it in a nutshell let's just go ahead 
and respect people's space. But I honestly hope that you do have an amazing Thanksgiving in spite of you having to put some boundaries. There's nothing wrong with boundaries. Boundaries are completely healthy into the atmosphere, making people respect you, backing people respectfully off of you. Give everybody that one respect, respectful backup. And then when they, you know, they don't want to, they are habitual line steppers, then you got to escalate it. That's just, that's just how I believe. So hopefully your Thanksgiving, because the next time we come together, it will be after Thanksgiving. And so I hope that your Thanksgiving is blessing. Like, I hope it's beautiful. I hope it's peaceful. Even if you're by yourself, that you get to do all the things, um, I always thought about what I would do if I was by myself, single, no kids, no family. I'm not sure. I probably would try to spend it with my my parents. or and, and, and if not, I probably would just be somewhere doing me, like getting together with some of my other single friends, uh, maybe like relaxing for once. I do a lot. So I would probably be in the spirit of, of relaxation. Whatever you choose to do, make it what you want it to be. Don't let anybody control what your day should look like. Listen, we don't get that many days off. We don't get that many days to congregate and hang out with family and friends, but do so safely. Listen, you know, Uncle B Billy Bob and him has been all around here bopping around these streets and don't have a mask and doesn't care about all these other things. Listen, you better protect your health. Now you can believe in no vaccination. You can believe in vaccination. That's between you and your Jesus or whoever you serve. I'm just telling you to protect your own personal health, because if you think for two seconds that family members are, and friends are going to come together and care about your health like you care about it, you'll be sadly mistaken. So do what you got to do to protect yourself. Let us get into today's guest. Let's just lead right on into there. So we have Miss Jane Allen. She is the author of Black Girls Must Die Exhausted. It's a series, everyone. It's a series. I am so overjoyed to have her with us. She is a Harvard Law grad, a popular speaker, a thought leader, experienced business executive, and a noted writer. Like the lead character featured in her book, she is all about and can share living life as a successful African-American woman and self-proclaimed serial entrepreneur. She successfully built several brands and has had the experience of launching a beauty company on QVC. This book is a trilogy. This is the first out of the trilogy. It's an amazing read. So if you have not read Black Girls Must Die Exhausted, in the show notes, we will have links for you to purchase that book. You can purchase that book at all of your books um, where books are sold. I particularly want to go ahead and put out Target because I know Target is one of the people that carries it. it um, it's a great read. First of all, let me go ahead and give you a little bit of a pro tip. I have been on this journey. I love reading books. I am an avid reader. And when I love reading books is I also just love putting the papers in my fingers and allowing the you know the pages to go through my hands. I'm a little bit more old school when it comes to books. Now I know everybody named mama has some type of audible, you know, electronic book. I would adjure you to read the book on your own and then go back and listen to the audible of this particular book. Now, I will say that for most books I read, I do the same thing. I buy the book, then I get the audible, and then I listen to it after I've read the book. Let me tell you something. I read this book in two days. It is that good. Once you start to read it, you get all the way in it. You get to learn about Tabitha. You get to learn about her friends. You get to learn about her love interest. You get to learn about Tabitha's grandmother. And it talks about basically, this is like the the black girl survival book. It's like a journal. It's almost like a love letter. It's basically if 
all black women who's had black friends who's sitting up having conversations with their girlfriends. And these are different topics that we literally have all experienced. And I'll just say women of color, to be honest with you. And so this is a great and amazing read. The book is amazing. It literally brings up topics that are really hard. Um, things that we are, you know, hit hard with. We're talking about mental health. Um, there's even a, a conversation about suicide. There's conversations about, you know, being enough. You know, what does that even look like? How does that even translate in today's society? So we have Miss Jane Allen. She is here as our Lord guest today. I am just so overjoyed to have her. I want you to lean in. Buy the book. Everything in the show notes will help you along with that journey to buy the book as well as to get the Audible. Um, so I can't wait for you to listen to the Audible. I can't wait for you to read the book. It's amazing. Listen, I want you to read the book, buy a few copies and give them to your friends. If you have a set of girlfriends that you're just like, what do I buy them? I would tell you to make them a self-care box. I am a big component of self-care if you've been reading along on the blog, which is at www.toytime.org. You should go on there. I'm always about some self-care. Put a nice plush uh, roll, put some good smell goods and some candles in there. Put that book in there with a little eye mask, a little bit of a, ch a chapstick or some type of a lip gloss, something that's like luxurious, some type of bath bombs, make a uh, your girlfriend a survive a, a little self-care uh, package and put that book in there it'll bless them i promise you it will bless them like i would when the next book which she you know she'll talk about the next book comes out in february i would be on that so yeah that would be a great gift to give to your girlfriend grab her make this amazing book uh, box Make it beautiful, make it pretty, put all kinds of rose petals on top, All just make it beautiful and present that to your friend with this book and you have created something that is personable, something that is usable, something that she may not necessarily be running around out here trying to re-gift it because she's going to want to keep it for herself. Make sure you do that. Listen, I can give you some ideas for some gifts. So I'm telling you that would be a great gift. So without any further ado, let us bring in Miss Jane Allen, the author of Black Girls Must Die Exhausted. All right. Welcome to Conversations with Toy. Listen, I don't know what you're doing. I need you to stop. Stop whatever you are doing because we have a whole entire treat. I wish I could see my face, but you you won't. Just listen to my voice. The joy is there. So we have Jane Allen. If you don't know who Jane Allen is, I need you to get your life together. Get your Google going. Hit your buttons. We're going we gonna to put all her information. You know, we got it. Just let me just tell you, Jane Allen is the author of Black Girls Must Die Exhausted. This is like the sister girl guide to being a Black woman in America, dealing with everything possible from careers to family, to not having a family, to whatever you're choosing to do. Like this is us being in our own space, living our lives, making these very hard adulting decisions. And she literally just stole every conversation I've had with every girlfriend of mine and put in a book. Jane, welcome. <laughs> Thank you for having me. This is such a great intro. <laughs> listen, I mean, I, I didn't even have to like, it's so natural, like to just say, I mean, that's honestly how I felt. So if you have not read Black Girls Die Exhausted, 
do yourself an elite favor, favor to just go ahead and read it. So I'm going to put a disclaimer. I not only read the book from cover to cover, I then went back and got the audio book because when you listen to the book, in addition to reading the book or vice versa, maybe you're like, I don't want to put, I don't got time to sit and read, put the audio book in. Who is the narr- Who is the, the narrator? Because this, ooh, it was so good. Her voice is absolutely amazing. Yes, Marcella Cox is the uh, voice narrator, the voice actress or actor um, for, who narrated the audiobook. She literally opens this book and makes the book pop. It makes the yes. book hum alive. You feel like, okay, yes, that's how I would have said it. That's exactly the tone in which I would have said it. You know, as if you're not familiar with the book, and especially when you're listening to the narration, there are points where she's talking to herself in the book and then talking out loud. And all those conversations we've all had, <laughs> right? We have yeah. all had. So yeah, just tell us like the synopsis, like the, the general start, and then we can get right into conversation about the book. Sure. So the book is a first person narration. So the main character, uh, Tabitha Walker, is the narrator, which makes it feel very intimate. So it is important that the audio book, the, the voice actress you connect with. And so I'm really excited to hear that um, you had that positive experience with it. But we meet Tabby Walker on her worst day. She's 33 years old everything in her life. So she thought was going according to plan. She'd done everything she was quote unquote supposed to do and finds out on this day that we meet her, that she has a reproductive health issue, um, potential infertility crisis. And her time to have biological children is dwindling like for real, for real. And um, it's a shock. It's a surprise. And it really throws a wrench in everything that she'd been thinking because she was just kind of like, well, I've got time and I can focus on this and my priorities are arranged in the way that they're just so that they're supposed to be. And so then the story follows her having to reconfigure her whole life and and really reevaluate what's most important to her, reevaluate her priorities. But mainly it's a story, uh, two big themes of fulfillment. You know, this concept of Black Girls Must Die Exhausted takes on a few different uh, definitions and meanings within the course of the story. And also a journey of finding authenticity, which is so very important to see from a Black female protagonist perspective. You know, there's so many ways that we're policed, where we're told by, you know, society and societal expectations that we're less than or not, or all of those things. And so the journey of, of finding our authentic selves and living from that place is really a hero's journey. And so that's what we experience with Tabby and uh, her colorful cast of friends and family. And um, and yeah, that's the gist of the story. She has a, a on again, off again, sometimey romance that I think you'll you'll feel one way or the other about. And, um, and hopefully it just makes for a really good read. It does. Um, let's start with the conversation of like infertility because mm-hmm. it is understood and known. I think it's becoming more well-known or at least more well-talked about, about women, Black women specifically with mm-hmm. infertility. Um, I know growing up, well, as soon as I started getting my period, like I started having all these different issues that I would go to the doctor and try to get explanations for. And then depending on what doctor you're talking to, they don't always gravitate to give you what you actually need. So then you grow up focusing on like, 
Tabby, you, you're focusing on your career because, you know, right. we're always taught, go to school, get your education, be, be whatever you're supposed to be. And so you're doing that. Then you don't even put that into play. And so after the fact, right. um, I've had friends who've had infertility issues or currently having infertility issues. And it's something that as a black woman, we're just taught that it's supposed to be natural. We're supposed to just want to one gravitate towards having children. And then once we do, it's supposed to just happen. It doesn't always happen that way. How important was that to bring this up? Because like I said, it's just becoming a conversation. It's just becoming a conversation. And, uh, when I, I went through my own personal journey and I, uh, had fibroids dealt with that for a really long time and also uh freezing my eggs and I found out way too not too late but I found out later than I needed to uh the information that I needed about that uh it's expensive you have so many other options when you're younger including you know your choice of employer and how you manage that and it, it's covered by some employers and not by others and that's a real you know five figure consideration. And so, um, and so when I thought about, you know, here's this novel I want to write, I want to make it meaningful that it's from a a black woman's perspective. And I'm going to say a woman's perspective who is living the, the societally created experience of blackness. Um, you know, so this woman's perspective, this human being's perspective, that that was really, really important to cover these topics that really aren't well explored in fiction or nonfiction. So um, I don't know if people, well, people know now it's a fiction, it's a fictional story entirely, but I thought that it was really important to take her through these, into these spaces and and show these things in life that aren't readily explored, uh, especially, certainly not from a black woman's perspective. So that, I thought that was really important. And very true. And I loved how Tabby's mom and (laughs) Mr. Cook, what is this? uh, And they, She's like, I know you're not about to get, you're not about to start freezing your eggs. Like that's like the right. typical black mom right. experience. Like they, you know, especially things that like my mom would say this newfangled thing. She was like, newfangled. That's right. Yeah. She's like, what's this newfangled stuff y'all got going on? Like, and you know, you try to like tell like a, a old school mom, like, listen, I'm trying certain different, like something mm-hmm. different that we may not all have talked about that's necessary. And you're like, back in my day, we just had kids. And it's like, mm-hmm. we're not in your day. Like we need to have these conversations. And I was like, yeah, I can, I, I definitely can see that. And I know anyone reading that could definitely feel that moment when she, her mom was <laughs> like, what is you doing? I know you ain't thinking about it. Like, right here she is tabby like really about to go do all the adulting things she's trying to save to buy her house and now here she gets this happen and now that may not necessarily be a possibility yeah and it's you know we have to make those kinds of choices especially when we find ourselves in situations where you know the really having choices that that window has passed and we didn't even know it so you know that was kind of something for her also that she you know might have had other options had she known more about it and that's the other thing about uh, infertility and reproductive health it is really kind of a battle of information and support and uh, and you know a lot of times it's something we don't talk about I've had a lot of groups of women, that have said, you know, I've been dealing with infertility issues and I have never spoken aloud about it because, you know, I didn't know how people were going to respond or it's never talked about. And Mm -hmm. so just, you know, encouraging those conversations and the sharing of information that is, that's so powerful um, because it's always better to have more options than less. So 
yeah, that the the whole experience that Chad was having, you know, I think people will if if not find it familiar, at least get a little bit of a, a laugh or a I know somebody like that uh feeling from it. Definitely. And then um I wanted to go into we're talking about this whole black women existing. Mm-hmm. You see Tabithy, Tabithy, Tabithy. <laughs> I'm trying to like combine. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so um, we see her up for this promotion, possible promotion. And here she is playing the game. Mm-hmm. The game at work when you're yeah. the black person, period. And then if you're the black woman um, and, and the conversation of us, if, if we're too loud, right? Mm -hmm. We can't be in certain spaces and be too loud. We can't be in certain spaces and be who we are because who we are is judged right off the cuff. Mm -hmm. I felt every part of that moment when she's trying to figure out a way to assert herself. And then she's being told you're not asserting yourself enough, but then if you do assert yourself, then what? Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. The, the, one of the things that um, I'm so glad that you brought that up in general, because one of the things that I realized was part of the preparation for this book was really starting to think and ask myself, what is the experience of being black? Like, what does it really mean? Because we have our culture and we have, you know, our things that are common culture in blackness, but what's the experience, you know, on the human level, as a the person I am, what does that feel like as a black woman? Mm-hmm. What does that even mean? You know, what's happening to me? What is, what, is, what am I experiencing? What are the layers? How can I unpack this? Um, and so I really had to think in the spaces that we occupy, what is particular about that experience? And that's one of those things where you're you're too much and you're not enough at the same time and you don't know you you have to find a way to play the game like you're saying when the rules aren't made with you in mind and in fact to the contrary but yet you still have to show up and find a way to be to successfully advance or successfully um you know show up uh in a way that that is part of the team but also advantages you which is why you're in your workplace in the first place and so to have tabby kind of in this space and you know and she's got her boss who it's unclear if he's on her side or not and you've got a is he team tabby or is he not like is he he not help her (laughs) is he trying to mentor her in the right way to make sure she's okay or is he trying to semi self-sabotage just to say he gave her a chance Exactly. And those are the things though. And, and we kind of brush all those things off in life and not really without even realizing that that has an impact. And then I really wanted to use this book to ask the question, what is that impact? You know, what is this, these, all these things happen and they don't happen to everybody. So to the people that these things happen to, what is happening to those people, you know, to the, to the black woman that's experiencing that it's not just, you know, you go out, we brush it off, but that's not really what's happening. It is affecting you. You might be ignoring it or we're not exploring it. We're not acknowledging it, but what is it? So I wanted to use uh, the book to, to really ask that question and then to, to celebrate who we are in spite of all of those things that we carry, but at least to acknowledge, no, this is happening. And it there ha, there's an impact there. What it is is varies person by person, but here's how it impacts this woman. I love the relationship with Tabby and her grandmother. 
I love yeah. the fact that she would go visit her on these Saturdays and they would have these different conversations. But towards the end, you see these very strong conversations. You start yeah. talking about race and you're talking about, you know, what, how would you feel to be a black woman? How would you feel to be a white woman? Like <laughs> right. these conversations are now happening and you don't even realize until obviously the end and I won't go fully and fully and spoil mm-hmm. it for you and those readers that have not read it, but these conversations are being ingrained. They're not, and they're done intentional. I know they're done intentionally because I was like, now why was she, why is she doing all that? She's just dropping mm-hmm. all this knowledge and all these things are <laughs> happening. And tell me about how that experience was writing that. Cause I was just like, Oh, there's this. And I kept saying to myself the whole time, let me hold on to this. Cause there's a reason. There's a reason. <laughs> yes. I, there, there's a, the book is, I mean, there, everything is very intentional and, um, and the relationship with Tab, so for people who haven't read the book, Tavi's grandmother, Tavi's a black woman, her grandmother is a white woman, and her mm-hmm. father is mixed. So her grandfather is uh, black, and her, her grandmother is white on her father's side. Her mother is black with black parents. So, um, so Tavi's paternal grandmother is white, and um, and everybody else in her immediate family is black. So, but this is a very close relationship for her and very intimate. Mm-hmm. And and it's almost her, it's basically her closest family member for various reasons that you find out in the story. Right. And what I did want to do when I was thinking about what is race, you know, what is that experience? Because it is so much of a part of life, whether you want it to be or not, as a, a Black woman, it is something that it, it is. And so to really examine what is Black, it was created in our society to enable the creation of what of whiteness. And so to me, I'm thinking you can't really have a exploration of, of race, of Blackness, without having some con, you know, contrasting way to explore what whiteness is in some way. Right. And so... Um, you know, there, but there's so many conversations we don't have in our society, even if, you know, as close as one people would be, but the intimacy between Tabby and her grandmother that's created in their relationship was meant to create the space that they could talk about anything and it would feel natural, would be natural, would feel natural for the reader. And again, we could use fiction to explore these things and ask those questions. And so the questions that Tabby asks of her grandmother and asks of, and her grandmother asks of her, what does it feel like to be white? And her grandmother asks her, what does it feel like to be black? She really, really loves her and really cares and really actually wants to know. And not um, not out of a curiosity, but out right. of a out of a desire to know this person that she loves so much. And, and what are you experiencing on a human level? What is your human experience that, that this thing is happening to you? And and please tell me what it is, because I want to know. I want to see you. It was and, very genuine. It was extremely genuine. I didn't feel and, at all that it was like just thrown. Like it was sincere. And I, I look back to my conversation with my own grandma. I'm like, I would, if we, if my grandmother and I had a racial difference, if she was white mm-hmm. and I was black, I feel like I would have had the same level of conversation because of the level of love mm-hmm. that she had for her grandmother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, and love is the conduit to be able to have that conversation. I mean, it, it, that's it. Like that's the, the ingredient is that's it. You put one thing in the pot and then that's how you can have that, that conversation. So, um, so that was, you know, what I wanted to be able to do. And that was, um, and show in that space. And, and, you know, they have many other, and also the generational effects of this. And, and, you know, you hear about her story eventually, 
especially, you know, with her, her grandfather and, and how race has affected her grandmother, who's a white woman, but has, you know, married into this space and come into this space in her own way. And so there's these, there's generational effects. There's, um, you know, effects uh, that are lasting in, in different ways that affected her, you know, so I, I, I really thought it was important to do that uh, because I have not seen, I've seen it done in some ways, but I, I wanted to, to, to try for these characters to, to go to some intimate spaces and, and look for truth there. I love her friends, Tabby's friends, yes. Sexy Lexi. Sexy Lexi. <laughs> yes, and they have different, different dynamics. Their friendship and, and even their own personal lives and relationships to each other have these different dynamics. Mm -hmm. um, you have the one that's married, and we won't go into their situation, what happens with yeah. that. We have, and you also brought up the conversation of suicide, mm -hmm. um, which I enjoyed. And I don't mean that in a, in, a, in a negative way. I enjoyed the fact that it was refreshing for it to come into play when it comes to Black women mm -hmm. and the fact that suicide rate is, is there. Like, we mm -hmm. don't talk enough about these very serious topics, but you weave them in very, very well. And in the way that it was brought out in the story, it was very subtle. And, and, and I think it would happen in any circumstance where you, you have this friend you've had forever and a day, you think you know everything about them only to find out, you know, in your mind at that moment, you know nothing. Mm -hmm. So the sisterhood that we as Black women always try to um, sustain in our relationship, because a lot of our, our sisterhoods are what keeps us balanced, to be honest with right. you. Right, exactly. You know, they keep us afloat. Like you see where Tabby's going through at the job and she sends that text, hey, happy hour, let's go meet. Like, <laughs> see those, that's our lives. Like, yeah, hey, this has been that kind of a day. You yeah. already know. Yeah, right. my last nerve. Yeah. <laughs> meet me at the spot. Like that's a very normal yeah. response. But even in the spite of, despite of that, that they have this very strong sisterhood and friendship, there's, parts of their lives that they are not touching. Mm -hmm. Eventually they get to that conversation. But at that moment, they're realizing that they're, especially Tabby, she's realizing at these moments that, okay, what she's thinking is not what's happening. The conversations that they are having are great, but they're, they're parts that they're missing. So I love that you brought in the aspect of suicide into the book as well. Yeah, I, it's, I think it was really important to talk about mental health overall. And, uh, you know, in friendships, to me, it was, you know, they have such a strong friendship. And I thought it was important to show that even as imperfect friends, you know, they show up imperfectly for each other, but they show up and it's still meaningful and it's still impactful. It's still important. And it's still sustaining the way that they are friends to one another. Um, but they're still not, everybody's still not telling the truth. You know, everybody still has their secrets. And I think that's also something that's very common I guess maybe in all friendships, but definitely within the Black community, because we are conditioned to shoulder so much right. and carry so much and unflinchingly. And it's like, no flinch. You need, you know, like, you're carrying a lot. You should, right. like, you should just say, ouch. But this <laughs> you know? whole level of, of strong, right? We have right. to be strong. So, Right. Oh, my parents, I'm going to come in. Right. Like, OK, I'm yeah. having a bad day. We might be grabbing drinks, but OK, this is my issue. But like, I'm still strong. But I'm OK. Yeah. This yeah. is just my little five second break, but I got to go back in and then tag back into, you know, being strong. And we're not always as strong. Like 
it and took should honestly, have to be right and 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 honestly it's until recently you didn't you never heard black women be able to really vocalize that you know the stress and mental health that they may have been you know under um i talk about that all the time but not everybody is comfortable with talking about hey i'm dealing with mental health i'm not really all together my stuff is not mm-hmm. always right because you know we're judged we're judged twice <laughs> Right. We're judged twice. We don't want that, that magnifying glass on us to look like we're not together. We're not as boys. Right. And, And we, and we can't afford, we feel like we can't afford to, because we're already held to a higher level of scrutiny. And so we don't get the benefit of, you know, making a mistake or having something seem like it's not together because there's already, already this presumption that we're not together or we're, you know, less capable and, and all of that all of that, which is unfair. And I'm glad that we're entering into a space where we can start to talk about it because it's, it is too much. It is an unfair burden and we need to have those healing spaces and those conversations. And I'm saying this as apart from the book, <laughs> I'm saying right. this, you know, as, as a black woman myself and, you know, with friends and my own friendships and, and, you know, people that I encounter, it's, it is, it is too much. And we're doing superhuman type of you know coping and um and you know if you've got these these friends that you know are supporting you there's got to be a space where we're able to you know let that even that strong black woman um facade down and really start to rely on each other more than we have so um so that's that was you know one of the things that i was hoping to and and trying to show with the evolution of, of these friendships is you know that this is they they are in that space where you know everybody's kind of hiding behind that strong black woman facade but push it as the as an author what I get to do with fiction is throw enough at them that they can't they have to they can't stay there so they I, we right. you know so that's the the, the point of the, the plot and what I get to do with, and as an author I'm like I'm sorry because I really I love my characters but I got to do this to you because we got to <laughs> I got to do whatever it takes to get you out of that that mode so that we can see what happens after so right. that's where and we I, are with the book I love that um and again, I'm trying to like hold back because again, I'm trying to give y'all breadcrumbs so y'all can go back and actually read the book. The, um, <laughs> the spoiler free, I know, spoiler right? Spoiler <laughs> free breadcrumbs, but Tabby and her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. I like the ending, which I won't go into, but I liked this concept of being able to challenge the person that you're with. And maybe not necessarily, she didn't necessarily want to challenge but having this challenge in the relationship of this how, this ideology of how long do you date someone? Do When do you have these difficult conversations to talk about what it is that you want in your future? How far do you push this future or not future? Mm-hmm. And then when you do get your answer, you don't get your answer, then what, what do you do? And then of course, adding on to her reproductive issues, it all was a very strong conversations being led throughout this book mm-hmm. yeah and I, I was very impressed with how well you did that because I was like well we could end this <laughs> right now like <laughs> I was like I'm not, you know I, I was right. like, I'm not doing it. I, we could end this you know but that's <laughs> me talking from 40 versus yeah, yeah. my early 30s or even my late 20s that I probably would have been in the same position as she was in but as we 
get older and we start figuring out what it is that we want and this concept of relationship, you know, you really did a great job. I was like, mm, no, don't do that. Don't, you know, it just kept me like really thinking because I just knew for sure it was going to go one way and it actually didn't. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm in my relatively early forties, getting to mid forties, but, um, but I really wanted to get into the space of someone in their kind of early thirties and where this kind of stuff, you know, in your forties, it's just like, that's not going to fly, but in your thirties, you know, you don't know as much you're, you know, in this space where it's like, well, maybe, you know, well, maybe is kind of the, the, that's like the reoccurring theme, the well, maybe. well, maybe. Yeah, exactly. I might be able to give that, I don't know, like, yeah, well, maybe. So, you know, she's kind of in that well, maybe space. And, um, you know, but I thought it was important too to give Mark his humanity. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think a lot of times in, in these stories and sometimes in our lives, the, the you know, partner, per, potential partner or the partner, the romantic interest is this two-dimensional mm-hmm. person, you know, and, um and they're, you know, they're a human being. And it's like, well, who is this person really? And yes, maybe he's doing some stuff we don't agree with or we don't understand, but there's gotta be a reason why, you know? And and we should at least know that or try to. So for me as an author, I'm always rooting for all of my characters, but regardless of what decisions they make, I think their humanity is the most important thing. And so with Mark, you know, whether you just, can't stand him you know and I understand or or if you you know he it's like we at least need to see him for the human being that he is decisions that we agree with or disagree with aside you, so you, that you, you definitely gave him <laughs> some humanity because at first from just the first read I was like oh. you know but then I realized after a while without telling what his issues were I was like okay Mm-hmm. he's not just coming off the cuff and saying this is not where like he had some other factors that he yeah. was weighing as well but at first I was like he need to get you know <laughs> he need to make up his mind like really mm-hmm. and figure this out or I felt like the typical you know he let her on which is a conversation that we have a lot too if you've given someone x amount of years whatever your x amount of time maybe then you're feeling like this whole you know let on but it, it really wasn't that way so you did give him you 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 helped him because at first I was like hmm. yeah I know people are definitely on different camps when it comes to Mark he's, he's a polarizing figure <laughs> he, he he is I was I, I had some questions for him um <laughs> they did I really did but um but we just gonna let we just gonna we're going to see he's, he's going, he'll be all right. Um, I loved it. It brings back to the title black girls must die exhausted. So mm-hmm. many parts of this book that we didn't even talk about are mm-hmm. all being challenged all simultaneously at the same time, because that's really how it is. Mm-hmm. We as black women are not able to take in and compartmentalize the things that we have on our plates. Um, we're being thrown life at us and the things that we have to then think quick on our feet, but also show that we're soft, but then also show that we're hard, but also be in the game and also not, you know, it's, it's, that is what it means to be a black woman. Um, yeah. particularly when the situation with Tabby and her grandmother happened, mm-hmm. the fact that the boss was like, Hey, you, 
you're going to come back to work. Like <laughs> right. you're coming back to work, right? You need to be right. out like maybe a day and then come right back. And I just was like, that right there was like that first breath where I was like, that's where we are. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't matter what we're being thrown. We still have to get up and still have still to have show to. up. And we still have to take these deep breaths and carry everything that we're carrying on our backs and still show up smiling because God forbid we look frownish. God forbid we look crying. God forbid we look like life is really happening because it is. We're yeah. not allowed to tap in. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think finding, I think number one, just acknowledging that is new. You know, just acknowledge it. Just, just the acknowledgement of that alone right. is something that we have not done as a culture, as a group. And I think that was, you know, one of the things I really wanted to unpack and just say, look at this, you know, look at what we're, we're experiencing. Look at all of this. This is a lot for anybody. And look at how we're doing it with such grace and beauty and joy and laughter and humor and, and all of these things. Look at this, look at, you know, look at who we are. This is amazing. And, um, you know, that, that is the celebration part for me. And then really asking, okay, now what's, what, what more is there? You know, right. what, what, is, can I, what can I give? Right. What is what, but, and also, but what is fulfillment? You know, we, we are towing these lines. We're doing these things We're we're doing what we, we are supposed to do. And it's, it's wearing a lot of us out, but when, when do we get whatever it is that we want? And when do we start to ask ourselves, what do you want? You know, what do you really want? Like, here's what you're experiencing. And, and it's so much that you probably don't stop to even realize it or think, okay, well, what other way could this be? But, but if you stop to think, you know, give yourself that, like, what does fulfillment look like for you? What do you really want? What's going to make you, what's going to bring you joy? What's going to make you feel like you got, you know, what you wanted out of, out of this life that you're living. And, um, and so, you know, just, just to ask that question and introduce that question, I also think is kind of new. Um, yes. And to think that we could we could have fulfillment, you know. So um, I hope that that is a takeaway. It is. What is on the pike for you for the future? Because whenever the book drops, <laughs> whenever the next anything drops, I'm not even going to pretend to hesitate that I'm going to get it. Oh, I you. want it. I want to read more. Like your style of writing is so it's such an easy read but it's so layered and i love that i love Thank that you. so what's what's up the pike what's happening uh so black girls must be magic is the next book and mm-hmm. that is february 2nd 2022 so in just a few months the second book will be out and everywhere books are sold <laughs> i'm super excited about that because it's um beautiful cover again and um the continuation of the story vibrant i saw the cover thank you yeah it's meant to be a celebration and i love having the chocolate sister on the cover um and so the that book is is forthcoming february 2nd 2022 and uh the third book which is tbd titled i believe we're still targeting 2022 for that book as well but that's the tbd and um but I'm excited for that. I know where it's going. I have written the last words. We know where Tabby winds up. I do. You guys don't yet, but you will enjoy I'm the journey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, but that's what's happening uh, with the series. And then uh, we also have a, a standalone book with my publisher, another book that's outside of this universe. So um, we're, I'm, we're having conversations with uh, film and TV producers because for the, the Black Girls trilogy. So I'm hoping to see that come to a screen near you. Um, and I was about the audio book. When I was preparing for our conversation, I was like, I gotta let's make sure she knows if this could go into screen, let's get this on a screen because this would be gold. This would be well, gold. Thank you for that. I'm so I I I believe I'm so excited to, you know, wherever that's gonna go and where those conversations go, I believe it will be with the exact right team in the right place because I know a lot of people now are have this exact thing. They're looking for, okay, well, how are we going to see this on screen? So I'm like, we don't want to disappoint. <laughs> no, because <laughs> it's been a long time coming. Right. And it, it's almost like you could literally rip it from the book and yeah. throw it on the screen because, and done well, it's going to just be something that we all can then have a visual of having conversations that, that opens up more conversations that we aren't able or weren't able to have in, in, in the past um, that's my goal. I, I mean, not that I have a goal for your book, but that's what I'm hoping would happen because I feel like this starts conversations. This yes. starts up the dialogue. This allows us to be free to, mm-hmm. to say the things that we probably didn't know how to say. You put everything in our in the book and we're just like, that's exactly what we needed to say. Well, I, I love hearing that. And, and that is definitely one of my uh, goals is, you know, to be able to facilitate conversation, celebration, just awareness, uh, you know, with an enjoyable read. Ultimately, this is, you know, meant to be an entertaining and enjoyable read, but one of the, you know, if it could be more than that and do more, then that's important for me, definitely. Thank you. So yes, if you have not read Black Girls Must Die Exhausted, I need you to not only get the book, Get it in, listen, get it in print, get it in print. The pages feel great in your hands. Get it in print and then go ahead over to Audible or wherever you listen to and pick the book up because hearing it is like fire to reading the book. It's literally fire to the book. So you got to get both. I know like we want to do one or the other. And sometimes I would just say, just read. I don't care which one you do. I am telling you, you need both. You need the print and you need to listen and hear it because hearing it literally lights a fire that then brights, brings the joy and like ties it all in together. I, I just love that. I'm so excited that you love the audiobook because readers, that was one of the things that I was most asked for at the very beginnings of this. And so I'm so excited that the way that that, um, be, you know, became and came to be is so enjoyable. So I believe that whatever the next embodiment as this continues to evolve and take different forms and shapes, it will be in excellence and as enjoyable, if not more. So I cannot wait until we're at some kind of watch party. <laughs> yes, listen, because whatever watch party that is, that's going to be great. Uh, there could be like, you know, and I'm like trying to market, but I'm like, you can make a, a care packages for these types of things. Like, it okay, but in the box with everything you need, for, it's everything. It's absolutely <laughs> everything. Thank you. So I appreciate you being here. Is there any last things you would like to tell our audience as we head out and close out? I I just really thank you for having me and giving me a chance to talk about this book and thank everyone for the support 
and reading uh, and just, you know, to center self-care and fulfillment. And hopefully this book sparks the questions that, um, that are going to improve readers and listeners' lives. So awesome. So in the show notes, you can get not only the links to the book and the audible, <laughs> you can also get the link to the blog that we're um, going to add on here. And you can also obviously listen to the episode and make sure you sign up for her newsletter. That way, when the book or anything else drops, that way you'll be able to get it because then you'll know what's everything that's going on. Um, so make sure you do all of those things. Thank you so much for thank you being a part of this conversation, for taking your gift. Like, you know, everybody said that your gift will make room and it <laughs> is doing just that. You have definitely gifted with your pen and paper. So we're blessed to know you and to get to know you. And so I wish you nothing but pure blessings as you continue to write and do all the things um, that you're doing. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. So what did you think? I hope that you are excited as I was to read it, as Jane was to write it, um, because you got to get ready for the second part in this trilogy. The next book is coming out February the 2nd. And so you don't want to not have what you, you know, you don't want to be, you want to be ready. I want you to go ahead and grab this book. Like I said, in the show notes, you can you know, there's links for you to, you know, grab onto everything. Make sure you go into her website, subscribe to be, you know, on her newsletter so that when new things are coming out that you won't be the last to know. Thank you, Jane, so much for being a part of this conversation. We needed to be able to freely talk about what it means to be part of what it means to be a black woman and just the struggles that we inherently understand um, being a woman of color. So I Thank you so much for being a part of this podcast for this week and this episode. Can't wait for the new book. I wish you nothing but the most success in everything that you do. And to everyone, including Jane, make sure that you have an amazing weekend. Make sure you find something that speaks to you. Do something that is self-care. Do something that makes you feel nothing but joy. Rest. There's nothing wrong with taking a nap. Sometimes a nap and rest is a part of self-care. So go ahead and take care of yourself and make sure that you love on yourself every last and single day. Have an amazing Thanksgiving. We are going to be back with another amazing guest and you have been listening to Conversations with Toy. Thank you as always for joining me. And I know that even in the deepest or joyful conversations, that there's something we can learn and apply. Until next time, I hope that you are doing better. If not, we will be back to talk some more and handle it. Peace to you and yours. Stay grounded.